0: to consider, we shall be enabled Where we will find in the chapter we read together. The first book of the Kings chapter 19 and we may read the 13th verse. First Kings chapter 19 at verse 13 and it was so when Elijah heard it but he wrapped his face in his master, and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What doest thou hear, Elijah? Especially the words at the end of the verse, What doest thou hear? Elijah, this is always a most important question to all of us, whether we are aware of it or not. What doest thou here? And there are only two possible answers. We are where we are, either in obedience to God or in disobedience to him. And every possibility is exhausted by those two alternatives. You remember when Abraham was um, on the top of Mount Moriah having erected the altar and having laid the wood in order, with a knife in his hand, there came a voice from heaven saying, Abraham, Abraham. And he replied, here I am. Where? At the exact spot where the Lord had commanded him to be. Here I am. And blessed indeed is the man or woman who can answer in that way. Here I am. Where thou wouldst have me be? we read again of Adam when the Lord came to deal with him after he had sinned. The Lord asking him this question Adam, where art thou? Where art thou? He replied, I knew I was naked and I hid myself. That is to say, I am where I ought not to be. Now these are the two possible answers to this question, where are those? But, mm, these uh, possible alternatives can themselves be subdivided. That is to say, there are degrees of disobedience and there are degrees of obedience. There are degrees of um, rebellion against God and there are degrees in sanctification to God. Now in the case of uh, the Lord's own, it is true of them that sometimes they are where they ought to be. And sometimes they are where they ought not to be. Of those who are utterly under the power of sin, they are always where they ought not to be. They are always in the position of disobedience, the position of rebellion, against God. But in the case of those who have been renewed by grace that was the case with Abraham, he was where he ought to have been. He wasn't always there. When we saw this man Elijah on Mount Carmel he was where he ought to have been, for this is part of his um, prayer, for this is what he makes use of in his prayer to God. When he prays for the five to come down to consume the sacrifice, let all Israel know that thou was God, and that it was that thy word I did all these things it was at thy word I did all these things he was where the Lord commanded him to be where is he now what doest thou hear Elijah Not so long ago, you were indeed where you were commanded to be. Not so long ago, you have been the medium of a marvelous revelation of the glory of God. But where art thou now? And the implication is this. You are not here at my work? If God had said to him, I never commanded thee to be here. He took matters into his own hands and fled for his life. Surely this is a case of the fear of man, in Here it was actually the fear of woman, the fear of Jezebel, he bringing When he had heard what she had said, he fled. For his Now if there was any man who need not have fled, that man was Elijah. Any man who could paint such a way that hide him down from heaven. Any man who could withstand all that the enemy could do against him. Any man who had such a marvellous victory say to him. Surely that man did not have fled at all. Nevertheless, at this word, at the word of Jezebel, he fled for his life. Now there is nothing more mysterious in life uh, than the um, absurd things and um, the equally low depths to which faith can go. It can rise to marvelous heights And it can go so low as to be almost invisible. Yea, to be invisible to every eye but God. Now it is very easy to sit in judgment and say these things ought not to be. Anybody can do that. Anybody can say that Elijah ought not to have fled, and that is right. Anybody can say, well, he should have more strength, he should have more courage. And that is right. But, this is what happened. Elijah did flee, and what Elijah fled. And furthermore, it was within a very short period of time. From the time in which he had the most spectacular proof of God being on his side. He hadn't even time to forget. It was so short after. The Lord had manifested Himself on His behalf in such a marvellous way. He is free for His life, as if He had forgotten everything that had happened. As if the Lord were not able to oppose. Now the question arises immediately Who would have done better? Where can we find, in other words, a better man than Elijah? If this is what he did To whom can we look in order to think and to say, well, this one would have done better? There is none, that is, of mere men. It seems to be the studied emphasis of scripture to point out to us that all men are but men the gave Yea, that the best of men are but men. At best. Why? Oh well, for various reasons. For this one to show us that we are fail indeed, fail indeed. That we have nothing but what is given us, and even what is given us, we cannot before, we cannot hold on. To. If there was anyone who had much to hold on to, it was Elijah. But he could hold on to nothing. So he fled. And there is this. There is but one perfect example. And there can be but one. We know who would have done better than Elijah. We know who did better than Elijah. But in order to consider him, we have to look outside of the realm well of mere men. He was a man, but not a mere man. The Lord Jesus is the only perfect example. There can be none other. He and he only stood every test. He and he only walked off the battlefield never having lost the battle. He waged the warfare with a bitter end and never succumb at one moment with the instance of the access. He and he only this is the person of the past. Who would have done better than Elijah? Well, we know of none in the realm of mere men, yet that does not justify Elijah or anyone else. He fled, and the Lord in his mercy and grace rebukes him, very mildly no doubt. Nevertheless, there is a note of rebuke in the words, walk through this here, Elijah, and it is only as we understand the fact and the nature of his failure, that we can understand also the loving kindness of the Lord, granted that he fell far short of what might have been expected of him. He didn't fall so far short that the Lord cast him off. See how the Lord follows him. He runs for his life. He's finally so tired, so weary. He falls asleep under a juniper tree. What happens? An angel has awoke him saying, Live and eat. The journey is too great for you. Elijah, you are running away. Nevertheless, the Lord is following you. He knows your weakness. He knows what you have been through. He knows the reaction of your nature, And he is not casting, casting you off. Arise, Andy. We read of this man standing before Ahab, challenging the king, to prove who the true God is, whether Jehovah or Be. We see him at the side we see him being fed miraculously. But this is the first time we see an angel visiting him. And this is the first time we are introduced to him in company with an angel. The Lord knows how He knows what is suited to our condition at any particular time and in any particular circumstances. And oh how wonderfully merciful Oh, marvellously gracious is the Lord. It was not without reason that the church sang, The Lord, O oh, God, is merciful, and he is gracious. Long suffering and slow to in mercy, plentious. Lord, oh, God is merciful. Elijah had reason to sing that song. The Lord followed him. And in his first encounter, he asked him this question, what to do as though here? And then again, having, having gone many miles more, The Lord accosts him in the same words, What doest thou here? Elijah. Now it is interesting to note that (coughs) the first time we see this question asked, there is no demonstration of the power of the Lord. He is commanded to eat and to drink. But at this time, which is the second time, it is after the Lord has shown to him what the power of this God is. The wind, the earthquake, and the fire. Now we might ask, why was this? Well, that is not a question that is easily answered. We find that Elijah here in the solitude of Mount Horeb, the Mount of God. It was here the law was given to begin with. It was here that God had revealed himself in lightning and thunder and darkness and in the voice of words At the giving of the law But here is an individual A prophet of the Lord no doubt Hiding in the fastnesses of this mouth And the Lord is pleased who give him a demonstration of his power for that is of course for these uh, natural uh, phenomena were. they were a demonstration whether they were natural or supernatural it doesn't affect the picture in the slightest degree the Lord passed by and behold the wind Would leave the impression with us uh, that it was such wind as Elijah never felt before. And then the earthquake, and then the tide, and the Lord wasn't in any of them. Of course, the Lord was in, in all of them, in a sense. Because we read, the Lord passed by, and behold, there was strong wind, and behold, there was an earthquake, and behold, there was fire. This definitely was connected with the presence of the Lord. But it is said the Lord wasn't in there. And by that, of course, we have to understand the uh, subjective reaction of Elijah. As far as Elijah was concerned, he did not discern the Lord in any of these. The Lord was in them, but the revelation did not penetrate Elijah's mind to the extent that he was constrained to worship. Now of course the Lord never does anything needlessly. And might there not be an allusion here to the mental condition of Elijah at this moment? to teach him that all that he had seen, all that he had witnessed of God's power before was not sufficient to keep him at the post of duty. It was not sufficient to fortify him in the hour of need he fled in other words after all that he had seen after all that he had heard after all that the lord had done for him he hadn't discerned the lord in these to the extent that he was able to face or not depending on this lord to the end. And when the Lord wasn't in any of these, then there was an entirely different manifestation given of the presence of the Lord. It was in the still small body. The still, small voice. What the wind, the earthquake, and the fire couldn't do. The still, small voice did. And it came to pass. That Elijah went out from the cave. And he covered his face. He came out from his hiding place, in other words. He went forth and covered his face. That is, he worshipped. He worshipped. And although it is not said in so many words, yet the implication is the Lord was in the still small voice. That is, Elijah recognized, and then he was. And it is at that point the question is repeated. What doest thou hear? Elijah? Now I don't know what you would expect, but I would expect anyway that the answer he would give no would be entirely different from the answer he gave the first time he was asked this question. For don't you read that? He covered his face with his mantle and worshipped. He covered his face. That is, he worshipped. He's asked the question. Or do us thou here And he repeats the answer he had given before. I was jealous for the Lord God of Israel. And so on. And what are we to learn from that? Well this much at least. It does not matter what we receive in the general arrogance of God. It, it doesn't matter what we receive in even in the grace of God. we will continue to be exactly what we were, at least in our thinking, unless special grace has given us, or a special grace. And this is a lesson, that it is extremely difficult to learn Supposing a person is in the main right, in his thoughts about God, that is through the grace of God of course. He thinks what he ought to think, that is of course always in a measure, is that itself a guarantee that he will undo his mistakes. Is that itself a guarantee that he will stand for the future? Not at all. Not at all. It doesn't matter how we may be affected by the glory of God, by your own recognition of that, Lord. It doesn't matter how the still small voice may penetrate our feel. That of itself will not put us right. We need special grace for special circun- circumstances. And it is the ignoring of this fact that has led many on the way of disobedience. Let no man think because he is truly and deeply affected with the glory of God that that of itself will enable him to undo his mistakes in a thought. I mean that's was the case here with Elijah what he thought before he still thinks and it doesn't matter how one may be affected truly and deeply affected by the glory of God That is no guarantee, that he will not fall into the same mistake again and into worse ones than he ever made before. What then is needed? Special grace for every situation. No one can rely, and certainly no one ought to rely at this moment on something that happened a moment ago. No one can rely today on some experiences of God he had yesterday. That is, no one ought to rely on these to be kept. At any particular moment, why did the saints pray so often for the same thing? Why did the psalmist again and again say, Hold up my good Lord? Couldn't the Lord say to him, Well, Didn't I give you enough yesterday to keep you today? No. And that man lacks wisdom who thinks, or who allows himself to think that he got enough yesterday to keep him today. Grace is not given in that way at all. What the Lord has promised is this. Strength for the day, that is for the time being. For the day, for the moment. And he has promised to uphold his people by the moment. There is no such thing Living on capital in regard to grace, you can't live on the store you have brought in. No, if even if that were possible, it would breed worms. The same as the manna did, when they took in more than was necessary for the day, the Sabbath accepted when they took in more than was necessary what happened? it rotted it bred worms just think of that what came from heaven breeding worms rotted surely if there was anything that would would have withstood the power of rot it would be that which came from heaven. Yes, and that is true with this qualification. It withstood what? When it was used according to the divine instruction. When it wasn't, it became dangerous. But as far as grace is concerned, this is not possible. So people might think they can do it, they can. plan a door today, to do for tomorrow, can't be done. Hence the believer is always dependent directly, not indirectly, but directly upon God. He cannot live on his own resources. He cannot live on the resources he receives through grace. Grace will never make a person independent of God. And if I could lay in a sufficient store for a week, then I would be for that week independent of God. It simply can't be done. It can't be done. But if you were to believe anything you hear, you would think it could be done. Sometimes one gets the impression that people are living today on something they got 20 years ago. They were converted 20 years ago and they lived happily ever after. That's not the way of this at all. That is not the way of grace. What do I know here? Well, this is one thing we could say anyway. I am here because I couldn't be so strong as I was formerly. I am here because I was afraid. I ran. The strength I had on Mount Carmel vanished. Where it went to, I don't know. But I do know that it vanished. When the work was over, there was nothing left. I fled. I was afraid. And few people will make that confession. Few people are, are, <clears throat> have courage enough to admit that they are afraid. It's rather humiliating to admit that they are afraid. People would like to be considered courageous. But and as Elijah had to say this, they seek my I am left alone. And they seek my life. That's why I'm here. That's the explanation he gave himself. They seek my life. They have thrown down thine altar. They have killed thy father. And I even I am left alone and they seek my life. That's why I'm here. That was no reason, of course. But it was the reason as far as he was concerned. However, it only is the reason, and this was a reason for him because the fiber of his being had weakened. You see, we find reasons according to our own sympathy. We are sympathetic towards a certain thing, and most of all we are sympathetic towards ourselves. And that self-sympathy governs our think You see, thought is not so independent as some would imagine. Our thinking follows to a large extent the line about inclination. Elijah wanted to explain his position, if not to justify his position. And of course, he finds a reason, as everyone does, Whenever you wish to justify your own position, rest assured of it, you will find reasons. That's what they call in psychology, rationalizing your conduct. Whatever that conduct is, and anybody can do that. Yea, inevitably, we will do that. He found reasons. There was nobody but himself, poor Elijah. And that is always what fear breeds in the heart. It breeds a sense of loneliness. It breeds a sense of aloneness. I am left alone. He didn't say that about car. He did, but of course, that is different spirit. I only... I am the only prophet of the Lord. There are four hundred of the others. Over four hundred of them. That didn't daunt him. But now, when he feels that he's alone, he feels he feels terribly afraid. Afraid of being alone. I am left alone. And this is my life. Not always, we say, the effect of fear. When you are really afraid of anything, are you not conscious of this of being alone? There might be many with you, but in as far as you are afraid, you feel alone. I am left alone and they seek my life. And this of course is the conclusion. Because I am alone and because they seek my life, my only safety is in flight. That's what he wants to put across. That's what he wants to say. What else could I do but leave? I am here because I had to. Don't you recognize your own thinking? <coughs> I had to. Necessity. Nothing, nece- nothing necessary about it at all. What do I do here? And it's the matter to be left there, no, go back, go back, go, go. And among the other things you have to do is this, you have to appoint another in your own place. You You are not to be restored to the position which you had before. A successor is already appointed by me. And that is always the result of our failures. We may rationalize them as we wish. We may think we're doing very well, but let us remember this. We can never get back again. We may be restored by the, by the Lord's grace. We may be even restored to a higher place than formerly, but we cannot move be exactly the same. This is the solemnity of human conduct. Every failure produces something that cannot be reversed, that cannot be revoked. We may be pardoned, and we will be pardoned if you are the law. We may even we be promoted to higher spheres of labor if we are the Lord's truth, but we can never be the same. Never. Elijah could never be the same after this age as he was before. And in his case, he is not restored to the position he had before. There is someone else for whom that is to serve. Now in conclusion, we, we revert to what we said at the beginning wherever we are. When the question comes to us, what do us know here? With the emphasis on the here, We are either where the Lord would have us be or we are not where He would have us be. We are either in a state of favor with Him or in a state of rebellion against Him. These are the two possible alternatives. But to come to the position of His own, Where art thou? What doest thou hear? Are you where the Lord would have you be? Can you say with Abraham, in your own degree of course, Here I am. Exactly where thou hast commanded me to be. Or, with Jonah who fled from the presence of the Lord Abraham and Jonah were both children of God Oh, what a different condition they were in! Abraham said, here I am where I have been commanded to be Jonah no, couldn't say that. He fled from the presence of the Lord. Where are we? First of all, as to our position. And secondly, as to our condition in the presence of the Lord. What doest thou here? Why are you there? And the input of the question is, what is your business here? Why are you here? Why are you here at all? And it would be a blessing indeed if the Lord himself examined us in, in this connection. Search me, O oh Lord. Search me. reveal me to myself show me where I am and there's nobody but would be the better of that to be shown by the Lord himself where he or she is that's one of the great blessings of God's children that the Lord shows them where they are the Lord searches the just He proves the just. And that's what made them pray, search me. Search me, O Lord. See, if I am under the power of the evil one, which I may be even unconscious to myself, O Lord, search me. So that I can answer the question what doest thou here why are you here and where you are why are you where you are why let us pray oh Lord thou so pleasant we need thee we need thy teaching we need thy light and we need it all Day by day, moment by moment. And we beseech thee to give us the wisdom by which we could rely on thee moment by moment, seeking thy grace, seeking thy favor, seeking thy might to uphold us, to direct us in the way, in the everlasting way. Take away all our sins and receive us gracious because the Redeemer's sake. Amen.